0: Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for tuning back in. You can always find us over at PathToZion.com. We are full steam ahead. Does God's name matter? Does the name matter of Yahweh Elohim? Why did he give us his name? Does his name matter to him? Does his name matter to his enemies? We're talking about that, setting the table here a little bit before we dive into nine pages of reading verse after verse after verse where Yahweh clearly gives us his own personal opinion about his own personal name. And so that will be the Grand Slam home run of all this uh, discussion that we have. And uh, we have mere commentary um, between here and there. And so some things that we've talked about is, uh, well, I don't speak Hebrew. I'm not Jewish. Um, and And just different things that we say that maybe just don't really make sense um, when we talk about this from a true place of just not making excuses um, four things we're going to look at and need to mark and notate before we hit the scriptures are looking for honor and reverence, personal connection, the power that the most high's proper name holds, and most of all distinction. Yahweh is holy, he is kadosh. He is set apart. There is none like him, okay? There's none like him that needs to be known, and it is said that way. It's made known via his name. He is made distinct. He is set apart by literally uttering his name upon our lips. It sets him apart. We'll get to that, though. What I read right at the end of um, part one was Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. You must not take the name of Yahweh, your Elohim, in vain, for Yahweh will not hold him guiltless that takes his name in vain. So I said we would do a quick word study on these um, primary words within this text of Exodus 20, verse 7. Take is lift up or exalt in Hebrew. So you must not lift up or exalt the name of Yahweh in vain. Okay, so what is vain here? Vain is to make empty. To make worthless and cause to be useless, it also appears as false in some places in different word, uh, different verses where this word is used, um, such as a false witness, a false report. It is a worthless, useless report that is not capable of benefit, and so Father saying, you must not take my name, you must not lift it up and exalt it in an empty, vain, worthless useless way. Okay. This, this boy, we could take all day unpacking this, but we've got to keep moving. Now, now this is the serious part is Yahweh will not hold him guiltless. The one who takes his name in vain. And this needs to be a sober warning because surely all of us have moved past the fact that saying GD is not just taking Yahweh's name in vain, right? Surely we know that like cursing is, is not what this is talking about. I would say, in any way whatsoever. Number one, because his name isn't God. That's really a starting launching point for why that argument is not even a valid one. That's just old Baptist doctrine from 1975. Um, We're talking about something much different here. Um, So that's why we have to be careful. You can't just say, well, I don't ever say GD. I never say, oh, God. Friend, this is something much, much, much deeper than that and much more... Close to home, perhaps, because this is something any one of us could do. Um, And so, not guiltless. This is the part that I'm saying is sobering. Um, I'm just saying, like, when I read texts like this, I study and I find out what criteria, which side do I fall on? Am I guilty? or am I guiltless? When when curses come and, and judgment comes and correction comes in the Word of Elohim and I read that, I study it out because I place myself in the center of whatever I'm looking at, and I say, well, which side do I fall to? Am I in guilt or am I in innocence? Am I um, responsible for doing this in a way that's against my father and I didn't know it, or am I walking in righteousness in a way that's pleasing before him. And friend, we've got to study the word like that if it's going to accomplish its purpose. So the only way to really properly describe this in the Hebrew is to say this is this is what it means to, to be not guiltless. okay? If you're not guiltless, you are imperfect, unclean, one who is due punishment, unpardoned. Okay, now this is repeated again in Deuteronomy five, uh, verse eleven, almost verbatim, uh, about not taking Yahweh's name in vain. And so you will be held in a in a guilty, um, you'll be you'll be guilty, <laughs> you'll be found imperfect and unclean and one who's due punishment. Like we can't get around. Well, now in Jesus, God's just not like that, Joel. Oh, friend, that's oh, oh okay. Moving on. Now, even even most commentaries that we will we could rifle through, and that I try to do in rightful measure um, to prepare for these, um, state something like the following. Okay, Yahweh is used whenever the Bible stresses Creator's personal relationship with His people, in the proper nature of His character. Titles such as Elohim and Lord were always considered general in nature, and were only later deemed acceptable. As proper names. Okay, so what we're trying, I'm trying to hone in on here is what is the proper name, not the generic title, of creator, the God of the Bible. I don't want to just talk about his title or even his function. What is his name? And which is which matters because that's what we're talking about, is and that's what's all throughout the word is unto his name and for his name we need to know. We're talking very something very specific, not just a mere title, like Elohim alone or Lord. We are, again, in an age, and perhaps we've always been, I say that with regularity, where specifics matter in regards to clearly stating who we are ascribing our worship to. All of culture, even Christianity itself, serves a pantheon of Elohim. Okay. Again, if you don't understand, so many people are millions of miles past the name. I understand that, and there's equally millions more that have never even really given it a thought, which is the latter, of course, is who we're talking to today. But there's a pantheon of gods, all generically referenced as God, capital G O D. No one argues this point that that the world is just chaotic. Even even the church is like I mean literally you've got gay and lesbian priests and and all these things we can name, and that's not the point of this at all. This is much larger than individual pockets of of delusion and deception, but like God is whoever we want him to be, and if he is simply called g o d God, you can get away with that very easily. You can excuse anything away because like i just don't I don't really ascribe to the Yahweh Elohim of the Bible who is all about rules and laws. I'm in in here. Boy, this is a whole other section. This is my other study I'm doing about who in the world is Yeshua. Yeshua of the Bible does not look much like Christianity's Jesus. Oh, really moving on from that one. Call Jesus what you want. He's just a good Savior guy who's not like angry Yahweh Elohim of the Bible. He allows you to get away with whatever you want it's very very dangerous doctrine that's, that's the lawless the end of the lawlessness end of the age prophecy that's that's whoa it is it is hard and heavy right now but no but no one argues the point that that the church the the body of messiah is just full of chaos and doctrines i mean there's <laughs> there's not enough trees on the earth to make paper to list out the differing doctrines of what everybody believes now We've made God whoever we want Him to. And you can do that when there's no specific name ascribed to Yahweh Elohim. Biblical prophecy is daily fulfilled as men make God and even Jesus to be whoever they want Him to be. There's no specifics anymore. No black and white is necessary. Jesus came and did away with law, so we're now governed by the law of liberty and pretty much anything goes. We just want to be full of Holy Spirit and sing about Jesus, mission accomplished. But before we look at the dozens of scriptures that I've compiled that address the name of of the Elohim of Israel, Yahweh Elohim, please allow me to present some little e Elohim gods of the Bible. Okay, This this is fascinating to me. We're going to take a few moments just to talk about them by name, which I believe will help us rightly place Yahweh where he deserves to be. I believe this is going to make, I believe in faith because of the word alone, this is going to allow people's lights to come on in many ways. I think maybe friend that will be you. Okay, we're just going to go through a list here. This is not complicated. Most common, maybe, if we're looking at the the Elohim gods of the Bible, would be Baal. Very commonplace understanding of, of a false god, a false Elohim. Now there were many Baals, of course, which simply means Lord. Which you know gets us to the question and concern about like makes it makes the present use of Lord um, a great concern um, when we're using translations that call the one true Elohim of Israel simply Lord or. or or simply called Jesus Lord um, because the Baals were all Lord. Okay? It's very general usage of false um, deities. Marduk. Marduk appears in Jeremiah. He is also considered a Baal, um, one of the primary deities of Babylon. Dagon. Dagon, of course, we've talked about him on the program here. He shows up in 1 Samuel. Primarily the Ark of the Covenant is taken and put, in the temple, put into the temple of Dagon. Dagon falls on his face. They pick him up and dust him off. And, you know, what happened? Did a, a big wind come through here? Um, so they do it again. And then by morning, I think it is the next morning, uh, I think his head and his hands are cut off or something like that. Um, <laughs> so that's Dagon. Uh, Asherah, another common name in the Bible. Asherah poles are everywhere throughout the Old Testament, especially in the kings. Um, Canaanite fertility goddess, most popular via poles that were erected for her, especially present in the days of men like King uh, Josiah and Hezekiah, um, but appears all the way back in Exodus chapter 34. Molech. Molech is a half-man, half-bull uh, deity. Uh, Known, of course, most for child sacrifices. Leviticus chapter 20, you'll find uh, Molech. A lot of people like talking about Molech uh, today with abortion and and those types of issues. Um, Ashtoreth, not to be uh, confused with Asherah. Um, Ashtoreth or also Ishtar. Now, Now, she was the goddess of prostitution. Now, most people don't want to talk about this, but she was the origin of Easter celebrations and memorials. Isn't that interesting connection? Tammuz. Now, there's a lot of history with Tammuz. <laughs> um, found in Ezekiel, there's a laundry list of historical uh, writings that overlap with Tammuz. Nimrod, Egypt's Osiris, um, the Christmas holidays running right all in there, and all the traditions of, of Christmas. Um, and all these, these ones that I just named right here. Tammuz, Nimrod, Osiris. They all rose from the dead. There's a lot of... Uh, Messiah-esque imagery there of mirroring the the one true Messiah. Um Tammuz was interestingly considered to be Ishtar's husband. Um Remphan. Remphan pops up in Acts chapter seven. Stephen's going through a laundry list of explanations of things that have been happening. He references this, this Elohim, this God, Remphan. Now it would take us another hour <laughs> just to discuss the the pantheon of Elohim, of gods. Um of the Canaanites, um, Shamosh, Ishmoon, Gad, Shamash. This is like, I mean, scroll, 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 scroll. <laughs> and here's the thing, friend. Here's the point of, well, why, in, why are you naming all these gods off, Joel? For this reason right here, and please lean in and give me your ear, please. With a humble heart now, with a humble heart, what do all of these Elohim and many others that we could mention, What do they all have in common, both then, at the time where they were active on the earth, worshipped, and now that we look back historically and read about them in our Bibles? They all have specific names. Friend, they all have specific names that were known then and we know now still because of that. They can all be Referenced and defined as Elohim, God, okay, <laughs> by their worshipers. Again, all of these are Elohim, all of them would be rightly in the Hebrew context considered to be little e Elohim. They are Elohim, okay. Yahweh, without, and this is, I'm not being sacrilegious, and please follow along and hear what I'm saying. Put Yahweh in the mix. Yahweh as well is and Elohim. Okay? So what sets him apart? Well, friend, he's the Elohim of all Elohims. He is Yahweh Elohim. Okay? He is the mighty one of Israel. He is distinguishable. He is distinct and different. And so thereby, when we merely call him God, when we call him our modern day vernacular of Elohim, he's just in a pool of thousands of others. Again, all of these are Elohim, yet none are the Elohim of all Elohims, Yahweh Most High. But today, there is little if any reference of the Elohim of all Elohims of having a special name, a specific, identifiable, personal name. He is simply God. When Christians say that there's only one God, this is simply not true. It's not true. If you say it like that alone. So why is it so incredibly prevalent then? Friend, this hurts, I know. And I had to face this myself. A lot of people who critique me and say, you're just so hard on people who don't believe like you. You're so intolerant of people who just want to continue a a new religion, Jesus. But friend, I'm saying, I came through all this stuff myself. I allowed the Word to penetrate my heart and break down all of my doctrinal leanings and preferences and understanding, and I continually have to dissect my belief system entirely. As I read the Word and as I study and I ingest it and I allow it to cut me to pieces, I have to go through these things and survive out the other side myself. It is doable if, in fact, we're humble in heart. And we're crying out in so many ways we saw saw David cry out in the Psalms. Search me, know me, try me, look around, show me like a light of this wickedness that I know is in here. an Error. Walking in the ways of the nations that's just part of my identity. Despite the constant biblical attention given to Yahweh's name, we've just not in, we've not been informed in christianity that it matters it just doesn't matter daddy called him god grandpa called him god my great uncle called him god his daddy called him god he's just god he knows who he knows who i'm talking to we'll get to that as well equally yahweh and lord are simply really um not yahweh um Adonai and Lord are simply more generic titles for a master. They're not specific names either. And we have to just be willing to just say, it's okay. Okay, well, if you don't agree, study it out and find where I'm wrong. I mean, it's not uh, impossible. It wouldn't be startling if I present something incorrect. But Lord is nothing specific. Lord is not a proper name. It's just not. It's not specific at all. It's a master. We see that with, with Abram and Sarai. I mean, Abraham and Sarah, he wasn't Elohim. <laughs> this would have been applied to Baals. They were, they were lords. Um, We just talked about that, of course, a moment ago. Likewise, Hashem is merely saying the words, the name, but it's not the name. <laughs> that gets kind of confusing is saying the two words, the name, but it's not the name of Yahweh Elohim. Of course, there's some strangeness, I think, about the silence of, and I understand why we can't utter the name of Yahweh and the secrecy of it, and, oh, we can't say it out loud. And I understand that, I guess, at the heart level, but um, I think it's, that also is over here as a whole uh, misappropriation of what Yahweh intended. Um, Just like we know Jesus' name could not have been Jesus. We know that. Everybody knows it. Nobody argues that point. Um, Likewise, Yahweh's name cannot be Jehovah. I mean, there's no J sound. Most people know that. Um, Yahovah? Probably. Very likely. Um, But another vocalization, which is what I think is the proper way to say these things, um, that I presently use, as you hear me on the program all the time, is Yahweh. Um, Many I even know other people say Yahuwah. Okay, that's fine, man. People who know the name of Yahweh are generally generally far, far more educated towards the name and Yahweh's literal specific identity and function and purpose in all who he is than people who just say G.O.D., I'm just saying, from my experience, and I'm not even putting myself up there. I'm saying people who don't say Yahweh, they would say uh, Yahuwah, or they would say Yehovah. They are generally more educated than the people who say God. Hands down, done deal. People who have spent years and years and years of study towards this because they want to know Father's name, (laughs) Which I feel like is a very worthy endeavor myself. Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, he tells Moses that he is a Yah in Hebrew. I am. Okay, we know I am that I am, which is a man, I could have parked here for quite a while because I've just got a bunch of questions about what in the world uh, Father was saying there. Um, but I'm not here to wrestle over pronunciations. That's not the point. Well, what's really his name? Because people do that too. Just click over a few channels. You'll find people just bickering over what's his real name. Well, he revealed his real name to me. It's not talking about that. We don't Again, we don't have to go to extremes here. We don't have to fall to the other extreme. The question is simple. Are we studying to know his proper name? Are we educated towards what the word of Elohim tells us his name is? Either way, we must be mature enough to give study and thought towards this issue, as we'll see, I believe it is of utmost importance to call upon and speak the name, not simply a function or a title, such as Lord, and surely not God. Now, in Exodus chapter 5, we see a lot of name references, okay? Um, We're real close to moving into the meat of all the text here. Pharaoh speaking, he says this, Who is Yahovah, or Yahweh? Who is he that I should listen to his voice and let Israel go? I do not know Yahweh, and besides, I will not let Israel go. They answered, The Elohim of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness so that we may sacrifice to Yahweh our Elohim. Okay, So we have to keep in mind that depending on the context, Hebrew Elohim and the Greek Theos, which if we popped over to the New Testament, both God, can be used interchangeably for the Almighty, the Son, masters, kings, rulers, which are mere men, of course, angels, and even false gods. Okay, So we have to be careful of Theos or Elohim. It's just every time, I'm just telling you this because I had to learn this myself, and many people just don't know it yet, just like I didn't know it not long ago. Elohim does not automatically mean the Elohim of Elohims. I believe Father is pleased when we specify who He is out of our mouths, and of course appropriate that correctly in our hearts. Now with this at the forefront of our thinking, we'll be able to rightly view why Yahweh placed such an emphasis on His own name throughout the entire Scriptures. I'm going to propose that while it takes time to nail down exactly what the name of the Most High, Mighty One is, it is quite simple to clearly see that His name is not God. It's not His name. It's not His specific proper name. No one, no one really biblically, and I don't know much, could have any leg to stand on to say that is really His name. Therefore, as we just talked about a few minutes ago, the, well, God knows who I'm talking to um, rebuttal is just simply not a valid reason whatsoever um, or an excuse to use a general moniker to reference Yahweh Elohim. Um, And I would say that this should be uh, an important issue that rises to the surface for the ones who truly do want to honor and exalt the Father, which I know many people do, but for whatever reason, it doesn't make it over into this into his his specific name. And as we go through the scriptures, we're going to see time and time again that he places significance upon his own name over and over and over. It's a pattern we're about to see. Thereby, I say, because of his specific emphasis and redundancy upon his own name and his significance upon it, I think we should do likewise. I think we should do it as well. Um. I'm not attempting to enter the debate of whether or not Yahweh hears the prayers of those calling upon God or Lord. That's another issue entirely. I spoke with a sister about this just weeks ago, about praying to Jesus versus praying to Yeshua. It's a complicated discussion that is awesome to have, but that's not the point of this. I already get distracted and everything becomes 20 pages in mere days as it is. So I have to stay somewhat focused. So I'm not tackling that today specifically. Instead, rather, my desire is to allow the word to highlight and illuminate the importance that Yahweh himself attributes to his own name. It is different than any other name that ever was, is, and will be. And there's something supernatural, friend, about his wonderful name. Um, where are we at? 25 minutes? I'm going to say this, and then we'll, we'll, we'll close this and start right off with the pages of Bible texts towards this matter. Why? Because I believe it would do the body well to rightly examine, value, and elevate Yahweh Elohim's name to its proper place. So with this question, does God's name matter, I want to continue to add this to the end. Does God's name matter to Him? And we're going to allow the word of Elohim to tell us and answer that question. So, we're talking about Yahweh's name. What's your opinion, friend? Jump into the comments, let us know. Reach out via patdesignpodcasts at gmail.com and let us know what you think. It's okay to disagree here. Disagreement is awesome when people function in self-control and humility. We can actually gain ground that way and add to our understanding. So please do that. Don't just disengage and remove yourself. That's the worst thing that any one of us can do is when we disagree with someone, well, we just don't talk to them anymore. Friend, we, we must wrestle and disagree with these things and give at least the word a chance in us to sharpen one another um, as iron sharpens iron. So that's our goal here today. What does um, Yahweh think about his name? Does it matter to him? We'll find out more in the next part. You're watching the Path to Zion podcast. We're rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for joining us today. Amen.